The following podcast is a B&E Network exclusive. Welcome to B-Movies and E-Books. I'm Craig Wade. And I'm Brian Allen Delaney. And today's episode, we are covering Butt Stuff by Jeff O'Brien and uh, The Evil Within, the brand new film that's not brand new at all. <laughs> yeah, it came out like last year. Oh, but I, I'm just saying like it took them like 15 years to shoot it or some crazy or to make oh, it. If you want to count that. Yeah, I do. Then it's definitely <laughs> not re- brand new. Yeah. Well, before we get into any of that, what's new with you? Um, not too much. Just writing and stuff. Um, the other day, uh, Monster from Matt Shaw had its uh, its London premiere. Yeah, I I heard it went pretty well. I saw pictures. It looked pretty cool. Yeah. Too too bad I couldn't go. Well, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, that would be a, a long, long flight, you know, for the premiere. Just for like an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would get right back on the plane immediately and leave. Yeah, you wouldn't stay. Mm-mm. I am I am not a very people person. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something bad about London. <laughs> well, I guess it's not London. It's the UK. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, and so, well, cool. That's that's how, awesome. How about you? Oh, nothing, man. Nothing. I mean, <laughs> stuff, but I don't want to talk about it on here. Um, oh, okay. Uh, so, I guess that brings us to news. I guess. <laughs> We're always here with the seamless transitions. Um, yeah. Mandy. Mandy, have you seen the trailer for Mandy? You know what? I still haven't watched it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it, it looks crazy. I suggest anyone um, watching this or listening. <laughs> anyone watching this needs to go get psych <laughs> help. Uh, but anyone listening, to- I'm thinking like people in our house, like that we don't know are there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Watching half a podcast and it's done on yeah. To any of the home intruders watching, <laughs> get the fuck out of my house. Um. No, uh, so anyone listening to this that hadn't seen the trailer to Mandy, I would highly suggest it. Um, it's Nicholas. What it is? Yeah, Nicholas Cage and his girlfriend or wife. It's not really specific. They're camping, and it's a- 2018. You don't need to put labels on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nicholas Cage and his trusty companion <laughs> are are camping, and um. This gang of bikers that are like cult members, but also of uh, some of them appear to be creatures, yeah. uh, kidnap her, and then it's Nicolas Cage getting vengeance on them. It looks awesome. This is Pete Cage. 
<laughs> now, when you say peak cage, is that like, you know, Wicker Man remake? Or is that like Raising Arizona? Um, well, neither. <laughs> it just looks like a crazy ass movie with a crazy ass guy. It honestly looks a lot like I didn't watch Mom and Dad. I heard it wasn't good. But mm-hmm. it, it looks a lot like he is in that trailer. Just kind of unhinged, but also not like, ah! you know, like on, on yeah. Ghost Rider where you just look bizarre on part two. Yeah, yeah not not quite there, but it looks good. I don't it's know. It's more like, we need to get the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. More like that kind of cage. Yeah. I'm going to trade faces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that movie's good. Face off? Yeah. Are well, we... <laughs> yeah, any of them. <laughs> Are we now in a time when face off seems good? Because I don't know that I really want to be in that timeline. Dude, Face Off wasn't bad. No, it was fine when I was 12. Oh, but man. So, did I ever tell you, like, there was one day, um, this was like, I guess when Redbox was, like, first really getting big, mm-hmm. right? So, it's quite a few years ago, mm-hmm. but there was one day where, like, my sister, we were over at her house, and she had, like, come home with Redbox, right? Mm-hmm. And she was like, Oh my god! And uh, <laughs> she was talking to like her boyfriend at the time, and she was like, "I just found out there's a new Nicolas Cage movie, right?" And and he's like, "Oh really? What is it?" And she's like, "Face Off," and like <laughs> it had been out, you know, for like years. <laughs> and, was she um, joking? She just never heard no, of Face no, Off. She had never heard of Face <laughs> Off before, and I'm so she was like freaking face. out, oh. and and she was so excited. And then we made fun of her, and uh, she went right back and took it back. We didn't even watch it. (laughs) (laughs) And so then we still bring it up every once in a while. Just like, oh, you know, uh, hey, I just saw this new movie the other day. (laughs) It's like Face Off. You know what I love about Face Off, right? After they trade faces, suddenly John Travolta is not built like John Travolta. (laughs) He's built like Nicolas Cage. Yeah, they also trade bodies. Yeah, full body <laughs> trades. Yeah, yeah, they could have at least picked two actors that were like similar the stature, same size. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh well, whatever. I mean, it's a fun movie, and that's all you can ask. Yeah. <laughs> is that give? Is that being too lenient? Nah. Well, all right. Well, um, Mandy. <laughs> so yeah, Mandy. Um, yeah, you see Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> I did. What you think how, of it? How odd of you to ask. Well, yeah. What did you think of it? Uh, I actually really, really liked it. Yeah, and I'm gonna probably catch some flack for that because reviews are mixed at best for that movie. Really. Yeah, but okay. So before we went and saw it, uh, I watched the original again. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie, right? Mm-hmm. But there are flaws in it, right? And so, but it's like held in such high regard. I think mainly because of the nostalgia. 
Yeah, uh, I right. mean that describes damn near everything. I watched yeah. ET the, like not that long ago, and I couldn't finish it. Yeah, and you're like, why do all the cops have walkie talkies instead of guns? <laughs> why are they Why are they walkie talkies firing bullets? <laughs> um, they're all like hunting. It's a hunting scene. <laughs> they're shooting with walkie talkie. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think honestly, nostalgia. Uh, kind of ruins a lot of things by just putting too big of rose-colored glasses on things. Yeah. But I mean, uh, by like, the way, I was being hyperbolic. E.T. was fine. <laughs> being hyperbolic, E.T. was the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, no, okay, like, so I think what set the um, original Jurassic Park apart from the sequels mm -hmm. is that the original was very much a horror movie mm -hmm. right um like aside from the awe-inspiring wonder of dinosaurs when you first see them right mm -hmm. like when you see the brachiosaurus and stuff and aside from that it was all horrible right <laughs> like it was raptor scenes and the t-rex and the what's the spitty one Diplo something. No, yeah, the dip. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Like, all the major dinosaur scenes are, you know, dinosaurs killing people, mm -hmm. right? And it was like dinosaurs stalking people through a, a house, essentially, um, trying to kill them. Yeah. And the, the other ones were kind of like action movies. Yeah. Sort of, sort of like how the sequels to Alien were. You know, like, Alien was a horror movie. Aliens was an action movie. Yeah. Okay. And that's sort of the way Jurassic Park went. This one, um, for the most part, gets back to the horror part of Jurassic Park. I mean, that's it, cool. I, I just it's good. I feel like, honestly, my beef with it is just that we've, uh, there's not much different that I think that they could show me, you know? Like, it's just been explored to death, so I'm kind of done. It, um, this one is sort of going the way, uh, did you see Jurassic World? Yeah, I saw it. Okay, and they're talking about, like, designer dinosaurs, basically. Yeah. Right? And this one's really pushing that, mm -hmm. which I think, in a way, is probably going to come up and confirm the, like, fan theory that Jurassic Park doesn't have real dinosaurs in it. Okay. Um, that from the beginning, they've been, you know, a genetically engineered version of what people think dinosaurs should be, you know, because like dinosaurs have feathers and junk like that. Mm, yeah. Right. And so um, there's this, this theory that Jurassic Park never, ever cloned dinosaurs because that's not what dinosaurs are supposed to be. And also, you can't get 65 million year old DNA. Right. And so it was all like a publicity stunt. I'd be willing to say that they don't do that. Eh. Because I mean, uh, horror movie or not, it has a bunch of like little kids that love it. Jurassic yeah. park, you know, oh, yeah. and they're not going to want to ruin dinosaurs for little kids. Eh. I promise they're not going to do it. <laughs> like, I, I, they I'll I'll make a wager on it. Okay. 
I mean, what what do you want to wage? If if I win, you have to be my butler. <laughs> and if you, and if I win, you have to mow my lawn in a dress. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, and if I win, you've got to give me a hundred dollars. Man, I don't want to be your butler. So well, then, don't lose. <laughs> I just don't think it's going to happen. I'm just saying it could be going that way. It would yeah. it would make a lot of sense in the context of the movie. There's been a, there was a lot of weird subtext involved uh, with the creation of Jurassic Park in this one. Yeah, and um, I think uh, I'm going to butcher the dude's name, mm-hmm. the Michael Giacchino, um, the the composer. This was one of my favorite film scores in years. Nice. You should learn that man's name. I think it's Giacchino. <laughs> He's got a pronunciation guide on his Twitter page. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Was it moving? Was it a good sweeping soundtrack? With uh, no, it was real dark. I mean, was it like orchestral or? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know if suddenly they opted to not be orchestral in this. Did they just go like traditional disco? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's all it's an all mashup illegal soundtrack. <laughs> all right, uh, I really don't know how they got away with it. Uh, Moose Jaws. We talked oh, yeah. about Moose Jaws. Supposedly, Moose Jaws. supposedly yeah. Kevin Smith got funding for Moose Jaws. I he's been talking about this thing since 2014. I don't think it's going to happen. I it was to supposed be to be guy. like a a, tri- a loose trilogy between Tusk. Yoga hosers and moose jaws, right? Yeah, and supposedly the character Justin Long's characters from Tusk would end up fighting the moose in this. Yeah, because it's a shot-for-shot remake of Jaws, but with a moose. And who can forget that scene in Jaws when a walrus came <laughs> and fought the shark? Yeah, I don't think it's happening. I hope it's happening. Oh, I do too. It'd be awesome. I liked Yoga Hosers. I mean, it's not a good movie, but it's fun. I I have a feeling that if Moose Jaws came out, um, no matter what, it would probably be instantly my favorite movie of the year. You think? (laughs) Well, yeah, just because it's freaking Jaws, but a moose. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. His career has taken a bizarre turn the last 10 years. Soon as he discovered pot, <laughs> like he had like Zach and Mary, you know, and then Seth Rogen introduced him to pot and then cop out followed by just all movies that really didn't do anything. I always forget about cop out. Good. A terrible film. <laughs> <laughs> but all right. Um, Hellraiser TV show. Um, what channel? Sci-fi. Or no, no, no. Oh, my bad. My bad. Did I say Hellraiser? I meant Nightbreed. Okay. I was about to say a Hellraiser TV show on sci-fi. That would be awesome, though. To me, that would translate really well. But uh, anyway. uh, of course, they have that whole canon where every, you know, this massive Hellraiser world that yeah. they would totally ruin with the show. Whereas I mean, Cabal... It, it, you could do it sort of like an anthology where it's like every episode or two, it's like, you know, them with different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
somebody else gets the lament configuration or you could do it like um if you didn't want to disrupt canon too much you could do it historical so like somebody in like the 1800s getting the lament configuration and stuff like that yeah or you get like that kid that's really good at rubik's cubes to solve it like you know while juggling and shit and he's just (laughs) ripped apart on america's got talent type show oh that would be great yeah i'd watch that (laughs) your suffering will be brief (laughs) just (laughs) like immediately (laughs) um yeah bizarre yeah i can't believe they're doing that all right so from what i hear um and i think i heard this actually on brian Keane's podcast because i can't find an article but I want to say that's the only uh, podcast I've heard that's talked about this. It's going to explore race relations. Yeah. Um, it, they mentioned that on Deadline. Oh, did they? Mm-hmm. Is it, I mean, that's bizarre. Well, yeah. race as in people versus monsters. All right. Yeah. So in that case, isn't it kind of similar to Bright? I didn't watch Bright, but I mean... Uh, Kinda. Huh. Yes. <laughs> no. Yes. Okay. I mean, it just depends, I guess, on how much magic um, Nightbreed has. Wait, was Bright full of magic? Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Bright yeah. was a fantasy movie. Yeah. It, it was, it was it. basically Lord of the Rings. Oh, really? But but set in like current day Los Angeles, and instead of following the main characters. You follow like two hobbits you see at the beginning of the movie. Ah, so nothing like Lord of the Rings. Well, no, that's what I'm saying is like they're on this big quest basically, but they don't really know it. Uh huh. Um, and they're not like main characters, like they're not traditional like heroes or whatever. They're just like normal people. So, uh, it's sort of like a cross between Lord of the Rings and like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Okay. Well. I mean that that's cool. I hope it works out. I like Nightbreed. I uh, it's just I, I don't love it. I'm not like a drop everything and watch Nightbreed, but uh, <laughs> I've seen it three times in twenty years. Well, oh no, no. Let me take that back. I always thought I saw it as a kid, but it turned out that I hadn't. I was I was mistaking that with a different movie. And I only realized that after Bill got it on DVD. And I was like, yeah, I remember like a Nightbreed. <laughs> it was nothing like what I remembered. Uh, but yeah, I've seen it two or three times. The uh, the uh, director's cut uh, keeps popping up on uh, Netflix. And I'll watch it whenever it pops up and stuff. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it keeps popping up because you keep watching it. <laughs> no, no, no. Like whenever, whenever they keep like renewing it. I'm just thinking like, oh, look. And you're looking at your recently watched titles. No, oh, no. Nightbreed's on. Again. I'm so lucky. I was lucky last night. Um, <laughs> Watch a Nightbreed every day. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, I find Nightbreed very, very frustrating because it follows like a dream logic, but it's clearly not set in any sort of dream world. Um, where it's just like, oh, have you ever been to Midian? Like, no, what the hell's Midian? He's like, that town right over there. And it's just <laughs> like, all right, come on. You know, <laughs> so I find it frustrating at, at times. And I don't know that it's going to work 
without uh, the guy. What's that guy's name? Decker. But I don't think it'll work without him. But if they incorporate him, then are they telling the same? I don't know. Whatever. But fine. It's a good. It's a good world. I I want to see where they go. But whatever. Hopefully, it doesn't just ruin it all. Okay. <laughs> and some complicated feelings there. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. There's a. What was it called? The. The domestics. You have you seen previews <laughs> to the dom- or trailers to the domestics? I have not. What is that? It's kind of crazy. Okay, so it's set in a post-apocalyptic U.S. Right? Okay. Okay. Where there was a war unspecified. It seems possibly like a civil. I'm not positive, but uh, and after that happened, like the death toll was extremely high, and people uh, fragmented off into like four or five different groups, and it's like you know. Uh, like one group <laughs> wears sheets over them like ghosts, <laughs> which is just bizarre. Um, the other group uh, carries hatchets with like American flags on them, but like hatchets. And mm-hmm. and then there's one group that's called the domestics and they just like stay clean at home. everything. It, it, honestly, it looks like they just they're the tribe that just pretends like nothing happened is what wow. it looks like. And so one of the dudes has to go and it turns into like a purge meets Mad Max type, you know, yeah. film. Well, I mean, but the whole cool. post-apocalyptic faction thing is like every post-apocalyptic movie. Yeah, but I mean, they don't like name the movie. Well, I guess like, yeah, I don't know, whatever. It's but it's more it, tribal than Mad Max. It's I'll like the Warriors way. That's that's what I was laughing about. Like they don't name every movie that was going to be my go-to, but then it's like, um, oh yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, it looks cool. It it's got Kate Bosworth in it. So is it more like a like an action movie? <clears throat> Definitely doesn't look like a straight horror movie. It just kind of looks <laughs> like yeah, kind of an actiony. You know, action movie. You can. Okay. It's already out to rent on uh, iTunes, so might, oh, cool. might give it a shot. Who knows? I'm a big Kate Bosworth yeah. fan. <laughs> and by all that, right. I mean I, I liked win a date with Tad Hamilton. All right. <laughs> I defend that movie all the time. Why? Why? <laughs> and who like, you, who are you talking to that talks about that film? Um, <clears throat> Rodney and I have talked about it. Oh, really? And then my wife and I. Yeah. <laughs> oh, excuse me. You okay oh. over there? You found it sound like you're dying. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool, man. I'm just still, I'm still a little choked up over uh, Nightbreed. <laughs> I got these complicated <laughs> feelings. Uh. Oh, uh, I have. Um, oh, well, I mean, wait, are you done with the domestics? Oh yeah. Okay. Um, I have one bit of tiny news. That I think is is interesting. Um, so Jim Carrey has just been announced as uh, like I guess sort of a starring role um, in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie as have... Doctor Robotnik. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I I have uh, the writers of that film are my Facebook friends. Really? Yeah. Um, and I mean I don't know them, but every once in a while. 
Like one dude argued with me about politics once. Nice. <laughs> that was about it. Like, I don't know them, but you remember that movie that I used to watch a lot, Hey, Stop Stabbing Me? Yeah. It's those guys. Are writing the, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Yeah. They also wrote, oh, it was a Fox show that was on for a little bit. I'm not sure if both guys did it or if just one, but there was that Fox show. Do you remember the one that came on with the Simpsons? <laughs> no, it was a girl. It was like a little girl and she had like this evil demon friend. Uh, the, oh gosh, the insatiable someone, the insatiable, is that it? Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. I don't know the name of it. <laughs> but yeah. I know what you're talking about. Golan, is it Golan the Insatiable? Something like that. Golan the Insatiable. Yep. Yeah, they wrote that show. Hmm. But anyway, it, it's kind of cool because, uh, you know, people that aren't familiar with uh, Hey Stop Stabbing Me, which I would imagine is the majority of the human race. Um, yeah. You know, that's a as B movie as it gets like $300 budget film. Like yeah. it's very, very low. And so, and it wasn't, it wasn't coming out of LA or anything like that. I, I don't remember where, but it, maybe even a Midwestern, you know, but, uh, San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> those Feliz, like just like right next to, um, <laughs> uh, but it was unheard of, <laughs> but I mean, it, like it wasn't, out of there so it's cool to see someone that took something very small and you know regardless of it's sonic the hedgehog movie is gonna be big right i would imagine i could see them misfiring but i would i feel like there's a very narrow like needle they have to thread to where it's a good movie (laughs) you think you know i i do the sonic comics are entertaining are they yeah I know it gets like real weird. There's yeah. like like all kinds of a huge um like expansive world. Yeah. Well, I I don't know about all of that. I I think they rebooted it a while back and I flipped through it and it was entertaining. <laughs> that was about it. But I I don't I I don't think this is going to be like a 200 million dollar movie or anything, but I think it'll be It's not going to be the next Avatar. Mm, maybe <laughs> why the hell is that the most like the biggest box office ever is it just because they had to sell like $20 tickets I think so and that, I think it was the novelty of it that movie's stupid it's not bad is it good no it's not it's not great but I mean it's it's so forgettable it was dances with wolves I prefer Fern Gully. Yeah, it was Fern Gully. But it was like legitimately Fern Gully. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our news. <laughs> uh, what do I you want to cover? I forgot who's playing Sonic the Hedgehog, though. Sonic the Hedgehog. Um. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, is it worth the the silence? Uh. Yes. Oh, James Marston. James Marston? Um, like yeah. from X-Men? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I just hope that like it's not them voicing them. I hope it's like legitimately James Marsden 
in like a blue hedgehog suit. Uh, it it, it won't be. Not at <laughs> I all. hope it will be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I never really watched. I wasn't involved at all of any sort of uh, Sonic canon. Like, I don't know anything. Yeah, about I don't it. either. Um, I know he's a fast hedgehog. Mm-hmm. And when you hit him, uh, rings come out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. Let's get into <laughs> book first, butt stuff. Sure. All right. We'll be back with our review of Jeff O'Brien's butt stuff. And we're back. We are talking Jeff O'Brien's book, Butt Stuff. Um, how would you how would you describe this? Because I know that there's not even a real synopsis in in the Kindle store or any of that. Yeah. It's just like the, hey, the Kindle hey. store's synopsis is like, hey, do you remember this stuff? Let's see real quick. It's like was 90s gonzo porn the best ever or best porn ever? Who was that elusive blonde chick named Sunny who co-starred in so many of those wonderful scenes? Is Earth flat? What was up with that chick from Fulci's Conquest? Remember when malls were awesome? Can listening to Morrissey help a guy get laid? The new Radicals were the best band of the 90s. <laughs> I like that that's just a statement. <laughs> Uh, is Italian style pizza something to get nostalgic over? Do glory holes take a life on of their own? This book's about all that shit. That's what the summary of this is. And from that's that, actually do I? No, so that's actually like pretty concise. True. Once you've read it, but like from an outsider's perspective, it doesn't really sell the book in in a great way. And that was that was one of the reasons why we didn't uh, cover it earlier. You know. I'd pitched this before, and mm-hmm. and we were like, eh. <laughs> Do I ever say no to anything? <laughs> you did say no to that. Like, my, my palate has been refined, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where you you're love this kind of book now? Yes. <laughs> um. uh, behind you, all those books are just all copies of butt stuff. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, all right, uh, as we and, do with other anthologies, maybe we will uh, check out... Well, there, you can't really check out the table of contents <laughs> because the table of contents say that chapter one, the Illuminati is two, taking over from within. Three, your television and 9-11. Four, was an inside job. <laughs> Five, Waco was Clinton and Reno's. Six, fault the earth is flat and seven surrounded by wormholes and eight Pepsi is better than nine Coke. And when I was eight, I shit. And also the, the page numbers Mm. are like one nine, 11, six, 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 (laughs) 69. L O you're cutting out, but yeah. L O L. Yeah. Yeah. 42, seven, 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 one, and then six to five thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this book. It, okay, I honestly didn't even notice the table of contents until after I read it. you. No, I read table of contents first oh. um, because, like, usually when we're doing a collection of short stories, 
uh, I like to see how many there are. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of gauges like, you know, average length, basically. So I know what I'm in for. I don't know why, but I like to do it that way. Mm -hmm. And then so this one was not helpful at all. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, In the actual Kindle book, when you push like the button to show you the table of contents, uh-huh. Um, only has two of them marked. What do you mean? <laughs> Three of them. It has Empath, Horror Movie Hero, and Journey to the Edge of the Flat Earth. Uh-huh. Those are the only ones that actually show up in the table of contents. So I'd never read anything by Jeff O'Brien before. Uh, you? No? no? No. No, I have not. I don't so, think so, anyway. And so I didn't know what to expect, and I got to say... All right, by the end of the first uh the first thing I I was in I was all in. <laughs> like it did it didn't take long to sell me on his writing style because it yeah. It was completely just like talking to somebody, you know, and not like <laughs> which could be a gift and a curse and I could see it turning just as many people off as it did you know, it as liked it, you know. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh let's go real quick. So First story is Nympath, and yeah. it's basically a uh, guy meets a girl, they fall in like. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, basically. Okay. Uh, then aliens and butt stuff. God, it says on 10. Man, this, like this, uh, it's really cutting out bad. I apologize to our listeners. I, one of us has a bad connection. It sounds like it's Brian, but it's only because I record it. <laughs> like, so I don't know who has yeah. it. <laughs> like my connection shouldn't ever be interrupted on, on the audio file, but yeah, it's just, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the second time this week we've tried to record this podcast. So we're just going to have to deal with that. Um, yeah, but yeah, but, I, you said aliens and butt stuff. It's the second one. Yeah, it's, it's exactly what it says. Yeah. Uh, Forever Lost in the Age of VHS Gonzo Porn is the third one. The Day I Stopped Dreaming About Some Random 90, 90s Porn Star Named Sonny is the fourth one. Horror Movie Hero Mega is the fifth one. Oh, are you just going to do them all? <laughs> I'm, yeah. Dying at the Dead Mall is the sixth one. And the best blowjob ever is the seventh one. What else? The best blowjob ever also had an alternate ending. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And the eighth one is Journey to the Edge of the Flat Earth. Uh, Oh, yeah. The last one. I've never been that big of a fan. I have a Lovecraft fan, and I think it shows. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I don't know that there's really much of a theme to this book other than the fact that they say the word butt stuff multiple times and and possibly every All over story. The place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um what genre do you think this is? Bizarro. Just strict bizarro, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I I kind of hate that that that's a like a catch-all for anything that's weird. Like this actually is really bizarro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not just a mashup. Like let's mix, uh, you know, uh, like the human centipede and stuff like that. Like it, it's not a novelty. 
Yeah. This is just <laughs> bizarre. <laughs> uh, but I, and there are, there definitely are stories that I like better and even one or two that I did not like at all. But I mean, I, I really, it's a very short book, you know? So even yeah. on the ones that you're not really like into, okay, you got to deal with seven pages, something like that, you know? Um, hard to do at all. Do what? I was just saying it's not hard to get through at all. You mm. know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fun. Uh, what would you say your favorite uh, story was? Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of it's kind of hard. Um, let's see. I'm going through them again, real. Oh, I'll, I'll say I I loved Nympath. I thought it was fun. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a great introduction, both to the tone of the book and to what you're gonna get into. Even though it's not as far, it's nowhere near as bizarre as the book gets. But it's a oh good, no, not at all. But it kind of like eases you in, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I like the, the, the into this. It was probably like the most complete actual story. Which one is that? The journey to the edge of the flat earth. Uh huh. Um, that's the one where he like meets that, that person and they're in all the Mandela effect stuff and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say that's the most like complete actual story, mm-hmm. you know, because there's like little in the end and not every one of these stories has that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And, and so. I don't know. I like that one, but I mean, overall, I kind of liked them all. <laughs> I mean, like there were there were some like uh, you know uh, that were just kind of like meh, you know. But I really enjoyed the that was very stream of conscious, right? Um, and it was like legitimately funny. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, it never tried to be more clever or witty than, you know, it never tr- seemed to try to be clever or witty at all. It just was funny, if that yeah. makes sense. It's just like, and it was like very lizard brain funny in a lot of it, you know, just like, oh yeah, blah, 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 like boobs. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and it would just go off on random tangents. Uh-huh. Um, but not only in the narrative, like in the, in the, in, in or anything like that, but like literally in the story, they would go off in random tangents. Like the narrative would. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Okay. So I said that there were two that I didn't really like. Uh, the dying, and the only reason I'm bringing this up right now is it, it goes into that. Dying at the Dead Mall. I honestly, even yeah. thinking back, I liked it. Like it just didn't go anywhere, and that bothered me. And that, <laughs> there, that it was so tangenty, but it also was funny because it was so. You know, there was so much uh, of the actual story was just went off in this way and this way and this way. You know, just like had no tone whatsoever. But it was funny. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was definitely just like 
just like talking with somebody who's telling a loose story by a campfire or something, you know? Yeah. yeah but I mean, it's... You're cut. The introduction. What? Did you read the introduction? Yeah. Because even the introduction did that too. Like when off on tangents during the introduction of the book. Yeah. Yeah. And then only got around to introducing the book in like the last paragraph of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was, I mean, honestly, I'm surprised I haven't, I've, I've heard of Jeff O'Brien until recently. I, I don't know. A few months ago, I became friends with him on Facebook because he was commenting things on I think either Duncan Ralston's or something and I basically became friends with him as a placeholder to remember to review his book because <laughs> because his comments were funny you know and so well I hope he hears that well I'm sure it doesn't matter he didn't and then and then now after you read the book you can unfriend <laughs> Go him. Ahead and delete him no no he's cool but it's just I mean, he didn't, he doesn't know me, you know, so whatever, but, um, but anyway, uh, uh, so, uh, cause I had heard nothing but good stuff. So I was totally blown away about this. You know, I'd mentioned before that I really like, uh, 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 Chuck Clusterman, Chuck Clusterman. Yeah. Um, he's probably my favorite writer, even though it's not you know, horror at all, but it's just essays, uh, mostly and, and a lot of like gonzo journalism. And it reminded me so much of, of that. But if Closerman didn't try to be like witty, it, it, but kept mm-hmm. the humor, you know, cause a lot of that, like when you try yeah. to be witty, it's not witty, you know? Yeah. Like, unless you're like Mark Twain or something. Fucking <laughs> 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 Twain. But like, yeah, this was, there was no pretentiousness about it. Yes. You know, it wasn't like I'm funny because I'm smarter than you. It was like, you know, laughing at itself that it kept saying butt stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. It almost at times kind of reminded me um, of like a Peter Griffin type character. I was thinking Mike judge. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like just someone that, does not give a shit about uh, like you said pretentiousness or, or anything like that it's just like i am who i am and hope you hope you like it you know yeah. or don't i don't really seem to care yeah but, but I'm, yeah i mean I, I could see huh oh i was just gonna say i could see um some of the content turning people off totally Totally, totally. Um, and, and I could see the stream of consciousness totally turning people off, too. Uh, but for me, I think the the writing style, like, coupled with what the actual content was about, uh, really was, a like, a, a really good combination. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I totally agree. To, I, Oh, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I don't think any other sort of writing style would have worked for this. <laughs> for these stories? Know, or, or 
Yeah, like you couldn't have played any of these straight. Yeah, the writing style almost was a character in and of itself, you know? Mm-hmm. And it all seemed to both... It's They were all written from first-person point of view, right? And One or two that wasn't. All right, well, the vast majority of them were written one per, first-person point of view, um, or first-person perspective, and it seemed to be... The, I don't know about you, but I imagine the exact same character <laughs> in all of them. Oh, yeah, I did, too. <laughs> and that character... Would have been Jeff O'Brien, you know, <laughs> like it just it seems so yeah, much. Yeah, like autobiographical. Yeah, yeah, I think you said autobiographical. <laughs> I did, but, but yeah, it was just a, just a, a completely. Uh, uh, this is one of the more memorable books uh, that uh, that I've read in quite a while. Um, not just, that's not a slight against any other book. It's just, this was so different and so unexpected for me. I, I honestly, I could not have liked this book much more. Now I can't (laughs) also give it perfect marks or perfect score or any of that because I know, you know, we try to be pretty, pretty, uh, you know, remove ourselves and, and our personal bias from our reviews and actually judge the book itself whenever we review because we're very professional (laughs) review yeah yeah uh and like you had mentioned i could see both the content and and the uh stream of consciousness uh style of writing kind of turning some people off but i don't know i had a damn good time personally i would give it Four and a half out of five. But I think, honestly, mm-hmm. the book deserves a four uh, out of five because, you know, it's not it's not at all what anyone expects. But at the same time, that is so much a, like a strength, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, so I, I had, uh, I think, a, my major complaint mm-hmm. about this book, okay, is okay so like you said you could picture him being uh the the main character throughout all the stories right and i did as well i picked the or i pictured the same person every time Mm -hmm. um even though names and stuff changed but here's the here's the problem everybody like every character was written that same way you know what i mean like you could pick out with the, with the, with some exceptions um but like most of the characters felt like almost the same person yeah you know what i mean and that's my like major complaint is that like because of the the such a quirky comedic style everybody kind of feels the same yeah i could see that okay um but but that happens um to a lot in in other media as well um like for instance that's a lot of people's major criticisms with like the avengers movies or this one particular comic book writer that i'm not going to mention um is that like everybody sounds the same they Mm. all sound like spider-man basically you know it's like doing quips and stuff Mm -hmm. and it's like you know you lose like the individuality of the character that being said 
Um, it didn't really bother me that much uh, in this book. Um, I guess, again, because it was so off the wall in general. Um, so I'd go four. All four right. out of five. All right. Yeah. I mean, I very high marks. Uh, I, I'll put it this way. As soon as I finished this, I downloaded uh, Very True Tales by Jeff O'Brien. And, nice. And it appears that he is the person on the cover. Like, and so anyway, hopefully it's the, it's kind of more, more of the same, you know, but uh, (laughs) like, I, I love this book. Like, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, um, I, yeah, I would honestly, if, and, and go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, if somebody's a fan of, you know, kind of, uh, not raunchy humor, but kind of raunchy humor. <laughs> you know, if you're and and you like uh, horror films or you like Bizarro or you like just biz- weird tales, I would recommend this to anybody, you know, just with a Hey, you're going to mm-hmm. get some really dirty stories, but it's funny as shit. See, OK, I don't think it was that dirty because yeah. it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't hypersexual almost in certain things, but it was all like described with this sort of sophomore mentality in the detail of anything. Really? It was just like, yeah. And then we had butt stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it, it's not like, I don't think it was, that raunchy at all to say if you're if you're worried about pulling the trigger just based on the title don't be you know because yes there is like a couple sexual things in it but done with just such an amount of humor you know it's none of it's taken seriously well it's not like porn or erotica or anything like that it's just like yeah that's what i'm saying like every it's not taken seriously at all (laughs) yeah every every uh time he encounters uh you know his love interest in the stories then every story is just like oh yeah oh man rocking boobs i can't wait to have sex (laughs) like it's just like it's almost like a beavis and butthead type dialogue your inner dialogue and it was it that's hilarious but it's not it's not clean you know no i mean it yeah i I see what you're saying it's not profane at all but it's definitely not a clean book i don't know i would definitely recommend it to anybody it's funny as shit yeah it was really funny so anyway all right we'll be back with our coverage of our coverage (laughs) Our breaking news. I also also like how we really didn't talk about any of the plots for that book. I don't think you can. I I was thinking about that. Can you? I don't think you can. Like, it would ruin the book. Because from page to page, you don't know where the hell it's going. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. But, all right, we'll be back with our review of The Evil Within. Hopefully, knock on wood, 
I think our audio issues are done. Hopefully. Did so, you did you literally knock, on, knock wood? on wood? I sure did. I do it every time I say knock on wood. <laughs> huh. <laughs> I carry a log with me just in case. <laughs> um, would that like I guess that would work, what? right? If you carried like a stick or something. I don't know, man. I don't even know what that means. Like I know that it's superstitious, but uh, I don't know where it comes from, do you? No. <laughs> the etymology of knock on wood. Uh All right, so we're talking the evil I, with I bet the first person who did it like they thought they were crazy. <laughs> yeah, that or they're like, let's see how many assholes we can get to fall for this. Oh, it was a joke. Yeah. Got him. <laughs> uh all right the evil within film not the game uh yeah no that's what i was googling sorry it was out loud yeah all right so directed by andrew getty written by andrew getty mm-hmm. it was originally called the storyteller <laughs> i'm sorry I, I thought we were both reading off wikipedia all right no so, um <laughs> let's see i just know things <laughs> oh okay I pay attention to the movies we do. Okay, so the short Google synopsis is a lonely and mentally disabled boy who lives in a, lives with his older brother is urged by a reflection in an antique mirror to go on a murderous rampage. Yeah. True. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what it is, but I didn't take it as if... Maybe I... I don't know. This movie's not very linear in a lot of ways. Well, I mean, I guess time-wise linear. It doesn't make a lot of sense <laughs> at certain things. You know? But I didn't really take it that that was an evil mirror. Did you? Well, I mean, he had the dream about it at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then there was a, literally a demon living in it. <laughs> no, no. I got you. I, I just thought that that was how the demon chose to communicate with him. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't think the mirror itself was evil. Yeah, it wasn't like Oculus. I think, yeah, yeah. I think it was just there was a demon living in it. Yeah. Um, And so, uh, like we had said, I believe, last episode, you know, this... The backstory of this film is almost more interesting than the film itself. It it uh, it took fifteen years to complete. Uh, yeah. The Getty he self financed it, uh, and because of this, they don't really know the cost could be somewhere between four to six million dollars. Uh, finally, was released in twenty seventeen, two years after Getty's death. Yeah. Um, Getty, I believe. God, how did he die? Uh, it was something like uh, ulcers or something. Um, Let's see. He died. Uh, yeah, an ulcer was suspected and intestinal bleeding. But he was also, um, you know, it said that he methamphetamine use and heart disease were contributing factors. But I had read somewhere else that he was kind of a uh, like a shut in. <laughs> Didn't really go out and at all do much, and so that probably contributed because shut-ins typically don't go see the doctor on a whim. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah this this book or this movie was very interesting to me. Uh, not really because it was amazing or anything like that, but just 
at no point, like it completely followed dream logic, right? Yeah, because that was part of the whole thing. Was um, well, the the main character is is m- like mentally handicapped, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so there are parts where you have no idea if what's going on is really what's happening. And if it is really happening, if it's really happening that way. Yeah. So it's, yeah, the whole movie is dream logic and they kind of like lampshade that at the beginning. Cause it starts off with an actual dream. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, he talks about basically, did he ever wake up? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it, I, I mean, honestly, I don't want to go into it too much as far as the contents, because I think that, uh, the synopsis was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And especially with given, you know, what you had said that you're never really sure. And it tips the hat at the very beginning with whether he's stuck in a dream or not. Mm hmm. One thing that without getting into specifics, I do think that there were certain things and possibly just due to a lack of expertise, uh, you know, because he wasn't really he was a philanthropist. He was a rich kid. You know, he wasn't really the the director. Uh, he wasn't really like a, a normal film pro. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like there may have been a lot more to the story that he either wanted to get in there and didn't. Or be rode in as filler, uh, you know, like uh, Sean Patrick Flannery or Flannery and uh, yeah, his what, what was the the lady from Starship Troopers? Oh, um, Adina Meyer, Lydia. Yeah, like their <laughs> like their love life and all that kind of their uh, you know will they will they get married or not that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. just was total filler, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess you could argue that maybe it was there to, like, show how preoccupied they were with their lives and they didn't care about Dennis at all. Mm-hmm. Or that, like, at least she didn't care about Dennis at all. Yeah. You could make yeah. that argument, but that's probably reaching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it also- I think I think it was there because, like, every good story needs a love story. Like one of those things. Yeah. And well, you could say that it was character, just strictly character building too, you know, who knows, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, I did for as much as this movie didn't really, uh, quite make sense in places. I really enjoyed it. I, I thought that it was very interesting. Uh, and I just kind of wish that it hadn't blown its load at the very beginning with all the, mm-hmm. with all the crazy, cool, trippy shit. Yeah. There was a lot of that. Yeah. In the <laughs> very beginning. And then it just kind of went away. There was a few spots later, but it, it definitely turned into much more of a, um, Henry portrait of a serial killer type film, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just like peeking in at, at somebody going further and further into murder, you know, murderous rampage type shit. Yeah. Then trippy. Um, I, I will say that the main character, mm-hmm. Frederick Kohler, mm-hmm. uh, played this guy and played Dennis. He was great. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, like him switching back and forth between the yeah. mirror one and and uh, him we, as like a slow guy. Yeah, because let's say uh, let, let's just go ahead and say that like he plays himself in the reflection of the mirror, and when it's him, when it's the, it's like basically the demon, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he has to flip back and forth between that in different scenes, just conversations with himself. And he pulled it off really, really well. Yeah. No, I, I thought he was good. I did think some of it seemed a little over the top in his, uh, you know, the the retarded kid. <laughs> like when he was basically himself it seemed like he was playing that a little over the top but then again i i don't know you know <laughs> like like it's it's hard to tell you know it just seemed like it, it, there was uh fluctuations in uh how slow or disabled you know he was in certain scenes yeah i can see that but but i know also we don't know the extent of what it was Mm-hmm. Um, and then they kind of talk about what happened and that could be, um, a reason why it's like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that they went and did like tons of research on mental handicaps and stuff for this movie. Mm-hmm. They might've, but I don't really think they did. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't think so either, but, um, but yeah, I I really really I was surprised at at how much I enjoyed this cuz this was just dumped onto Amazon Prime. That's how this was released after this long build up. Just dumped that onto Prime. Sucks. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, okay, so it came out last year. Had it come out and gone to theaters last year, it looks like a 90s movie. Yeah. So, it it really does. Like if you had no clue when this was made, um you would have said, you know, 98, 99. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it makes you wonder how much of this they shot, like, up front. Because Dina Meyer and Sean Patrick Flannery, I, I always feel like I'm saying his name wrong, but anyway, which I probably am. Um, they... They do not seem to age at all. But then uh, Matthew McGorry kind of looks like he ages a little, you know? So it makes you wonder how much of that 15 years uh, was. Well, Matthew McGorry, like, all his scenes were shot before he died. Or I'm sorry, not Matthew McGorry. The, Frederick, Frederick Kaler. Yeah, yeah. I think they probably did all of the shots with... Uh, Dina Meyer and Sean Patrick Flannery early. Yeah. And then the rest of it was probably everything with Kohler and then all of the post-production stuff. And then, cause I mean, there was like stop motion animation mm-hmm. and stuff in it. Um, so that, and then there was all kinds of like actual production issues too, like people quitting and things like that. Yeah, which is expected when you drag a movie on for years and years, you know? Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think more than anything, this film just felt very unique. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there were some scenes that were kind of creepy. Nothing just full on like real scary or anything. But I think as cheesy and and I won't say what happens, but the very last shot of the film and the and the opening shot as cheesy as the last shot is as a payoff. I don't think I'm going to forget it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I liked that whole last scene in general. Uh, yeah. It got real. That That's the, the creepiest part probably, but I don't know. <laughs> it was like, there were some genuinely disturbing things in this movie. Oh, for sure. But nothing that ever got scary. You know? Oh, no, no, no. Like, well, this actually kind of tonally reminded me of how Hereditary was. Mm-hmm. Where, obviously, way different uh, themes. Well, I guess somewhat similar themes now that I think about it. But, um, but it just never quite goes all the way to hard horror or anything like that. But it leaves you with a oh, what the hell type feeling. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, cinematography was nothing spectacular. The direction seemed muddied, but not bad. You know, not definitely not tight, but not terrible. Especially for a first time director, pretty good. Um, Only time director. <laughs> yeah, that is true, and. Uh, there were things that I really, really liked. There were a few things. Nothing about it really rubbed me the wrong way. No. I mean, there there were some flaws. You're going to get that. But, like, nothing that really took me out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, it was, it was a, it was a unique movie. Yeah. It just didn't quite stick the story as well as it should have yeah but i I liked it i'm gonna say a three out of five uh i actually want to go higher okay um i want to go four really yeah i actually legitimately liked it and it's like if you you know a a lot of it does hinge on kohler's performance Mm -hmm. um but he did a really good job and i do want to say you know uh it's not so much of a spoiler Mm. but there's a point where he starts to question whether or not he's crazy Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's like he he did a really good job of sort of struggling with his own um I guess internal thoughts and things. Mm-hmm. He did. He did a great job. Yeah. Um, Flannery and and Dina Meyer kind of seemed like they phoned it in a little bit. Oh, but, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I'm sure they were just like, oh, f- first time director. He's this rich kid guy. We'll just get in it for a paycheck. Yeah. But. I don't know. Some of the the effects were kind of neat too. Like, there's a surprising number of special effects in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, for being like a micro budget, started in 2000 movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I don't know. I want to go four. Well, I mean, I, I can see it. It for me, it just kind of. I I don't know. It didn't stick. It, like there were so many problems in terms of things not paying off that I I had to downgrade it. But hey, I I will say out of a lot of films that we watch. Th- this is one that I probably will watch multiple times for whatever yeah, that's worth. I could see that. Um, I will say though, that they go to this, uh, like seafood restaurant. That's sort of like a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> uh huh. And that scene was super disturbing. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, no, I mean just the, the, it, like just why would a, seafood restaurant have like a animatronic band yeah (laughs) and they were gross looking yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then also uh i laughed actually i think out loud at the uh restaurant sign Mm -hmm. when he went into the bathroom and it said buoys instead (laughs) of boys (laughs) you laughed out loud at that i'm pretty sure i did Huh. I, I I put it in my notes to to make a mention that that said buoys on um, the restaurant's door. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I I would recommend people watch it, especially if you have Prime and it's free. Oh, uh, so so I do want to make one more mention of another scene because there's like this subplot of Dennis getting books on tape. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and there's a scene towards the end, uh, with, I forgot what the, that guy, that actor, um, is it Bagley? No, mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway. So they, they meet this friend of theirs. He's like hanging out at the bistro and he's like, Oh, I've got Dennis's tapes. Right. And then, uh, and Dina Meyer sit down and have this long conversation at the bistro, uh-huh. right? And then it's like five minutes, and then after the the conversation's over, Dina Meyer gets up, and then that guy's like, "Hey, I still have those tapes." You know, it's <laughs> like they had forgotten they were supposed to get the tapes from him. It, what I liked about it is those tapes were like creepy as shit. It's like taxidermy and all the, yeah, the and forensic stuff. Yeah, and it was very clear that he was interested in in at least uh, subversive biology at the very least, right? Yeah. Um, and, and the basement stunk. And, and yeah, the basement stunk and stuff. And he's like, "Oh well, you know, it's good to see him having hobbies." <laughs> like, <laughs> but, but okay. And and then like that scene, that scene out in the bistro is probably like one of my favorite scenes in there because he's also like, "Oh, so you know, Dennis has been getting so and so's books," and he's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Oh, because." there was a big stink coming from the basement. And he's like, and it's okay if he's reading the right books <laughs> is what he says. And then like the guy like repeats the line, like he didn't understand it. He was like, it's okay if he's reading the right books, if there's a smell in the basement. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, okay. And then like when he's leaving, he's like, you got to call the cops. 
to the to the guy with the books and he's like but i don't want to and then the scene changed. <laughs> that's what i'm saying there was it's so like, much that was like dream logic and just didn't pay off yeah. but, but it was fun i i did like it it just i, I can't to. say that it's that great but i liked it yeah i'm gonna go four <laughs> so two fours for you yeah there's a four day there you go well i guess we will be back next time hopefully the audio is a little little uh smoother i mean it, it it's been working so far right oh man i hadn't heard anything you've said no <laughs> <laughs> i've just been guessing with my reactions yeah. no yeah the second half of the show is much smoother so yeah all right we will see y'all in two weeks <laughs> the podcast you just heard is part of the b and e network brought to you by bmovies and ebooks.com yeah.